Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and the second game of a doubleheader saved our ass on Thursday. The Yankees split Thursday's DH with the Blue Jays. They predictably get roasted by a guy making his Major League debut in the opener. Seven innings is way too short for a baseball game. Unless you desperately need a win to salvage a series. And in that case, seven innings is epic. No notes. Keep these seven inning games. The Yankees go one and two in the home series with the Jays. That's home series with the Jays. That's home where you're supposed to win games, but the Yankees don't. We'll call them out for it. We're also going to talk a little bit more about trade targets and the possibilities that are developing now that Corey Kluber and Luke Voigt are both out for two or so months. Bet on a little shorter for Voigt. Bet on a little longer for Kluber. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. If that's something you're into, Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. These records come at odd times. I'm ex- I'm going to be excited for this whole record. I'm going to be a little jacked up because I like winning. And when the most recent game is a win, it's hard to say anything bad about your team. But then again, what a terrible series in a long line of terrible series against AL East opponents. Once again, at home where you're supposed to be safe and warm and in your bits. Yeah, what did we tell you about facing uh, a, a new uh, guy? Yeah, a guy making his MLB debut. Yankees can't hit one. him. Of yeah. course it was good. Good for the guy. His family was there. They were rocking the Bronx. I was happy for him. But, I mean, six shutout innings, seven Ks, two hits, two walks, 88 pitches. He looked like he, he's been at the MLB level for five years. So, Three starts uh, above low A. Three yeah. starts above low A. Classic Yanks. Uh, we told you this was going to happen. So, in case you're... You, you, you want to throw shade at us for whining. We were whining about this before it happened and then it happened. So we were correct. Um, And uh, we didn't even get a chance to touch upon the, the, uh, the people's elbow that the Yankees decided to give us on Wednesday with all the injury news game got postponed because of inclement weather. Then we get an update on Kluber, uh, which we were like, okay, you know, he's out for a month. It's not too bad. And then out of nowhere, uh, Oh, well, Kluber's actually shut down for a month, so probably closer to two months. And then out of nowhere, we learn Luke Voigt has a grade two oblique stream, which is probably a two month injury. And then we get some more bullshit on Stanton that he's probably going to come back. We don't know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, more of the same. But uh, that win yesterday probably saved a lot, uh, saved a lot of criticism, helped morale. Um, and, uh, you know, talking about talking about another injury scare, we weren't scared, but a role Chapman simply wasn't available. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, what break wait, breaking news about Chapman. Uh, oh God. We, yeah. We thought he actually uh, pooped his pants um, before the game, which is why he wasn't available on Thursday night. Um, so that we, we thought that's happened. That is not true, but we have real breaking news for you. Um, it's a pubic service announcement from Manscaped. Everybody. This is what we've all been waiting for. Uh, they're out with the new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. 
Take your 3.0, throw it right out the window, folks. We got a brand new one, new engineering on this sucker. It's got all the things that you need. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. It's pretty great, everybody. You got a ceramic blade and skin safe technology. You don't want to be using that old buzzer, that old face trimmer. You want to keep that for your face. You want to use Manscaped for your balls and all the other areas that you got. You want to stay safe down there. You do not want to nick yourself. We've all been there. We don't want to get in any trouble. Uh, we got a multifunction on-off switch that's good for traveling. It's not going to turn on in your travel bag and just start ripping apart your clothes. You got a 4,000K LED light uh, in case you're in a dark room and you're shaving your balls and you're trying to make it a secret. So you got your own little pocket light to make sure that you, to make sure that you're not going to be making any mistakes. Uh, guys, it's also waterproof. You could do it in the shower, but please make sure to not let all that hair go down the drain. We got Memorial Day coming up. Very important to keep yourself groomed. Very important to make sure that your drain is snaked because you want to be able to take a shower without all the water clogging and filling up to your knees. Um, and please, I know it comes with the uh, the guard lengths one through four. Just use one. You don't need to use two, three, or four. Um, but uh, if you're interested, guys, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code uh, fansided20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code fansided20. Please unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Ooh, the old secret ball shave. You got to wonder what the circumstances of that are. Like, maybe you're, you know, you're cheating on your girl. Your girlfriend loves it shaggy down there and you're you're cheating on her. So you're doing a little secret trim as if she won't notice. She'll obviously, I mean, well, yeah, you take time. a sex break for a month and then you're like, hey, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. We're back. We're good. Sorry, I'm taking a one month sex sabbatical so that you don't notice <laughs> what's going on here. Uh, I don't know why these are the things that we're, we're talking about, but, they're, they're, you know, that's what happens when you're when you're it's a Friday. It's a Friday before a holiday weekend. And the Yankees have disappointed me so to the point where during last night's game, when I should have been doing show prep for today, I was just thinking about Manscaped riffs because it's much more interesting to be like, what what can I say coming off the Manscaped ad versus what can I talk about about a team that is now 2-7 and seven against the Tampa Bay Rays and Toronto Blue Jays on their home turf. It's hard to rag on them after they did get a win in the second game, though I will. I don't think I'm in the minority here when I say that if this damn game was nine innings long, the Yankees do not win it, especially because Jordan Montgomery... They yanked him early because they had a seven-inning game, but he's not maintaining that one-run lead with the stuff he was throwing up there through six or so. He got through four and two-thirds. Jonathan Loisaga bailed him out. They went to Loisaga early. They went to Chad Green to close. Aroldis Chapman not available. Uh, turned out he was sick. The Yankees do not know if it's a COVID situation. He continues to test negative. Good for him. He also had it last summer. He was late to summer camp and all that good stuff. Um, but they might not fly him on the plane to Detroit. It's all very odd and quite maddening. But the Yankees bullpen isn't quite as much of a strength that they had to use Chad Green in the seventh inning. If it's a nine-inning game, they're trying to hold a two-run lead against the Blue Jays for two more innings with Sessa, with 27th man Nick Nelson I don't want to think about it the Yankees were definitely bailed out a little bit by the length of the games on Thursday but you think Tampa is a house of horrors for the Yankees every time you go to the trop it's like there's rings hanging on the ceiling they can't win here this is a cursed stadium and I get it and it's a horrible experience playing at that stadium but in 2021 the Yankees are three and three at the trop and two and seven in the Bronx against the Rays and Jays. They have not faced the Red Sox yet in the Bronx. They have not faced the Red Sox anywhere. They have not faced the Red Sox with a hat and with a bat. Um, but they are, uh, the Yanks are in the midst of an extremely weird schedule. I 
we were going off about, you know, nine games being the longest homestand of the year. And I guess nine games is the longest homestand of the year because somebody invented this crap. The Yankees, uh, the rain's not their fault. They get the Jays for three and it ends up being a, a single night game and a doubleheader. Whatever, you can't control the weather. They now go to Detroit. They came home, played the White Sox at home. That was fun. Uh, played the, the Jays at home. Now they go to Detroit. How long do they go to Detroit? They're on the road for a while. Nope, three games. Friday night, Saturday at four, Sunday at one. What is that? Then they go from Detroit to the unfamiliar borough of the Bronx, New York. They're right back home. They play the Rays Monday afternoon. Then it's Rays night game, Rays night game, Rays night game, Sox night game, Sox night game, Sox night game. Seven more at home after six at home with a three-game trip to Motown in the middle. Uh, I forgive you if you're confused by this. I don't understand it. But the Yanks are, uh, they, they beat the Orioles in a series at home. Cool. Great. Neato gang. The Orioles are on a 10-game losing streak and are finally reaching their full potential of tanking. Uh, but against the Jays and against the Rays, the two teams the Yankees sort of need to make statements on, the Rays have somehow vaulted to the top of the AL East. Good for them. The Jays are hanging right around 500. They're better than that, and they will be better than that when George Springer gets back, which is why you really want to beat them now when their pitching is not in full force, when Hunjin Ryu is not pitching in a series, when you are in your own stadium, and when Springer is not even on the active roster. And no, the Yankees decided to lose another series to the Jays. This time around, they lost the first two series of the year at home to the Jays, mix in a sweep against the Rays, and that's how you get to 2-7, and seven, which is just not good enough because the AL East is the division you're trying to win. Yeah, this uh, it's funny because <clears throat> you look at the Jays doing this, and like you just said, it's they're doing it without George Springer, and this is a young team that just... They don't they don't go away. You saw. Well, I mean, uh, we saw. I don't know if you guys saw their game against the Rays. I think it was on Monday. It was a day game um, and they went down five nothing early in the first and their bats just don't go away. They have guys who are resilient. They have Vladdy, who's an MVP candidate, and they're tearing the cover off the ball. They 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 tie it in the bottom of the eighth five five after holding the Rays uh, scoreless through the next seven or eight innings. It uh, goes into extras. The Rays end up scoring, I think, what, two runs in the top of the 10th. Then the Jays tie it up again. They end up getting crushed and losing because the Rays ended up scoring seven runs, I think, in the 11th or the 12th or whatever it was. Yeah, but, that's the kind of run yeah. the Rays are on. Though. But the, yeah, the, the Rays have been ridiculous, but the Jays don't go away. They're a resilient team and they are 20. They're, they're what, 25 and 24. They're they're right around 500 and they're doing it without a fully their, their pitching staff is their bullpen is decimated. They lost a number of key guys. George Springer has played what a handful of games for them this year. Alejandro but, Kirk is missing a catcher. They got Jansen yeah. and Reese McGuire, who's most famous for jerking off in a supermarket parking lot last spring training. Like they're not whole. They're going to be better than 25 and 24. Yeah. And these are the games that the Yankees need to win against them because they're not at full force. But then again, we could give the Yankees a little bit of a pass because they're not exactly at full force. Um, you know, Montgomery goes yesterday. You're probably expecting a better start than that. Uh, but we've seen this. This is not anything we're not used to. He was getting hammered come the fourth thing. And it's like, all right, he's got get, maybe throw him out for the fifth. See what's going on. Every ball's going to the warning track. Every crack of the bat is like, oh, shit, where is that going? So um, it wasn't exactly the prettiest win. They got it done. And of course, the Yankees had to make things just a little bit more difficult. They couldn't just tell us before the doubleheader on Thursday that Aroldis Chapman was not available because he's sick. Instead, we get to a save situation 
and you look at the bullpen, the broadcast goes to the bullpen, and Aroldis Chapman isn't there. The beat writers themselves, where's Aroldis Chapman? Does anybody know? They're at, they are asking us where Aroldis Chapman is. because yeah, nobody helped him. Nobody wanted to help the beat writers. <laughs> nobody wanted to help the beat writers. Nobody knew. Everybody was wondering. So this is a cl- classic vintage Yankees. You come off a Wednesday, 24 hours prior, dropping the news on us that Kluber is shut down for a month with a shoulder injury that you've never heard of, a, a subscapular strain or something. Yeah, it, it's Latin for under the scapular. Yeah, he's shut down for a month, so you can bet he's probably not coming back after the All-Star break. They give us another, oh, Stanton could be back on Friday. He could be a player for us again for the second week in a row when he was supposed to be day-to-day a week and a half ago. Um, and then we learned that Luke Voigt, grade two oblique strain, like we mentioned earlier, that's probably a two-month injury. So we're hit with all this injury news, and instead of just saying before the game, hey, Aroldis Chapman's under the weather, guys. He's not going to be available today. Um, pretty simple as that. So if there's a save situation and you see somebody else in the bullpen, you'll know why. No, instead, the Yankees leave it up to chance. Oh, get into a save situation. Where is the best closer in Major League Baseball, folks? We don't know. Is he taking a shit? I don't know. But now that leaves fans out there freaking out. Oh, great. So now Aroldis Chapman's fingernail issue that has been bothering him because it's clear Aroldis Chapman has still been good, but he's been a little bit off. He had the fingernail issue, I think, a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, He finally gave up his first earned run of the season uh, over the weekend against the White Sox. So starting to see some he's starting to prove that he's uh, he's mortal at this point, uh, even though he's he's still racking up numbers that you would never believe. Nonetheless, why why just why leave it open for interpretation? I mean, you could just say he's out. He's not feeling well. He's he's sick. Nobody's going to care. Everyone's going to be like, OK, great. This is the situation we have to deal with. Whatever the case, Chad Green closes it out. We get the win. Um, just annoying that the Yank. it's just annoying. They continue to do this and and call me a baby all you want. Uh, there was every fan out there. The, the people were just like, where, where's, where's our oldest Chapman? Why, why isn't our player playing in this game? This is a game he's supposed to be in. This is, this is tailor made for him. And on top of that, guys, why is this even more concerning? Because Chapman hasn't pitched in four days. Big deal. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a big deal now though, because if he is sick with, it doesn't even have to be COVID related. If he has a bug, you're not going to want him traveling on the plane with the team to go to Detroit. And that means if he does not do that, then he hasn't pitched for a week. So then at that point, what do you do? Does Chapman just go on the IL? Jack Curry mentioned it in the post game yesterday. Does he just go on the IL to work himself back up? You can't just throw somebody back into the action after not pitching for a full week for a guy who's supposed to be getting action probably every other day. Um, he doesn't need the rest that starting pitchers uh, do. So now this creates another uh, uh, a bit of another problem, depending on how sick he is and if the Yankees want to make sure that they keep him away from the team because they're already decimated at this point. And if more people get sick and people have to miss time, then you're talking about going with a real skeleton crew against uh, a couple of opponents that you don't really want to do that with. You want to be able to take advantage of the Tigers and you want to hopefully catch the Rays on the end of this hot streak. So yeah, a couple of issues ongoing here that the Yankees probably should have let us know of a little bit earlier. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. We'll, we'll keep dissecting that. What to expect in the weeks to come and uh, maybe some trade target stuff. Stick around. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round the clock protection. 
Something you probably don't know? The average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know? A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. Yeah, it just makes me laugh because, you know, we're, we're dealing with injury stuff in, in Philly with Joe Girardi, where he's sort of waging this mutiny against the media. He didn't yeah. tell anybody Bryce Harper was hurt. Bryce Harper was hurt. Um, he kept downplaying it. And then all of a sudden, Bryce Harper went in the IL. It kind of people were speculating he got in trouble for saying Harper was dealing with something, but it wasn't serious when it actually clearly was serious. And that maybe threw off gambling lines. Major League Baseball has all these official partners and all that crap that, you know, they now have to deal with. Um, So like throwing off bookies is more serious than it would have been in the eighties. So (laughs) he, he gets another, there's another injury. Gene Segura gets replaced by Nick Maton. um, And they ask him about it in the post game. And he's like, I'm not telling you anything from here on out. You don't get to know anything, which like not great, like not wonderful, for the manager to just be like, hey, here's the business that you're no longer learning any information about my players. This is a strategic advantage. Okay, fine. Fine, Joe Girardi. That's what you want to do. But there's no strategic advantage or disadvantage earned by saying whether Aroldis Chapman is available or not. He's the closer. The Blue Jays aren't going to be like, whoa, Chapman's sick? Okay, great. Now let's try to win before the ninth. Like, or like, <laughs> let's try to lose until the ninth. Like, there's no strategy to be gleaned by knowing Aroldis Chapman is sick or healthy or whatever. Like, so there's no benefit to withholding that information. All it did was scare us for an inning or so when we could have just entered the seventh knowing, okay, there's no Chapman. That's why the bullpen's getting managed like this. Here's Chad Green. Maybe Wandy Peralta shows up. Nobody knows. Um, Chad Green got the job done. Great. I was certainly nervous. I was monitoring the sixth inning being like, you know, if nobody gets on, Marcus Simeon will not come up to the plate. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. Cut to people get on and it's like, he's for sure. You will have to deal with Marcus Simeon before this game ends. Hopefully he's not the tying run. He wasn't very lucky. But of course, if he gets on, Bo Bichette is the tying run. Bo Bichette is filthy. I love that guy. Bo Bichette's also already hit a walk-off home run off Chad Green this year. So you're one single away from getting into a real dicey situation. And the Yankees finished off a win they absolutely needed because two and seven at home against these opponents is not good. But you know what's worse? One and eight and a doubleheader sweep. Heading to Detroit to face Casey Mize and and uh, a guy who just threw a no hitter, uh, Spencer Turnbull. So no, you know there's some. It's no easy pickings there either. Uh, but the Yankees did win this baseball game, and they're I think they lost a lot of their momentum when they had to announce that Kluber and Voigt were both out for a while. Of course, their winning streak was going to end, but when Bichette counterpunched with his three-run homer yesterday, it kind of felt like, oh, like we're going to go on this inevitable run of like every lead disappearing on a big, powerful punch by the opponent. Maybe you could take a one-nothing lead into the fifth a couple times before your opponent hits a, a massive homer or whatever. Judge punches back. Gary punches back. Great game. Great baseball game. Runs right into the Friday. Uh, uh, massages my mind for at least a couple minutes. Um, Now let's talk a little bit about trade stuff, I guess, because uh, people are starting to speculate. The center field void is now uh, uh, extremely powerful void. There's a first base bat missing 
Mike Ford and Rugnet Odor are not the solution. Esteban Florial came up for one day only and ripped a double. I would like to see more of him. He's already gone. So not yet. Not going to happen. Uh, but Brett Gardner, good defensive center fielder, bad offensive player at this point. Not someone you're getting rid of before the season ends or before July 31st. But the more you can do to minimize the number of games he has to start in a row, the better. Because if you think Brett Gardner is ineffective now, wait until he has started 45 straight games in the middle of the baking heat. So whatever you can do to get him out of center field. Delano DeShields' minor league contract, he's got an opt-out on June 1. We've heard the Yankees were trying to swing a trade for him last week. That dissolved, but maybe it only dissolved because the Yankees are waiting for him to be available for free 95, which might be a couple of days from now. So don't rule that out. But the Yankees need depth in center field at the very least, and they need a lefty bat or somebody with power or somebody with on base skills or something because Luke Boyd's not walking through that door. Aaron judge missed 54 days with a grade two oblique strain in 2019 is Boyd's body any less muscular than judges. I actually don't know. I, I, they're kind of very similar at this point. Void has now missed time with random knee surgery and a hernia and a, you know, a post seat, like which sapped his strength for the entirety of the second half of 2019. Other than 2020, he's also run into these weird overtraining issues. So I have no idea if he's going to be an easier heel than judge or not. I know he's going to try to come back before he's ready because he doesn't report injuries because he played all of spring training with a knee that needed surgery. And the foot because stuff. He played foot stuff for all of last year. And <laughs> he was feeling oblique pain on Saturday and went on the IL on Tuesday. Oh. So Wednesday, is he's not a guy who... He plays through pain constantly. and Sometimes you can with foot stuff, even though watching him walk around the bases last year was embarrassing. Um, watching him play this year, you know, at some point it seemed like he was trying to swing the ball, swing out of his shoes again, which he was clearly doing with a, a torn side. So God damn it. But we need help. We need bats. I saw a trade target in the athletic for the first time on Friday that I do want to talk about just because it's insane. But like, it, it, my rule of thumb now is would the Rays make this trade? This trade is crazy, but would the Rays do it? If the Rays would do it, then I at least examine it. The Rays just traded their starting shortstop in Willie Adamas. So Jim Bowden's latest piece for The Athletic featured a bunch of trade targets, some of which seem crazy. Cattell Marte, the Diamondbacks, who we love, but the Yankees would obviously have to pay three or four top prospects to get him. Does Brian Cashman want to do that? He never does. So uh, I don't know. I don't think so. It'd be fun. Kevin Gossman's in this article. The Giants are, you know, right in the thick of wildcard contention. You're going to have to root for the Giants to go like five and 20 if you want Kevin Gossman. It's not going to happen. Herman Marquez of the Rockies. We've been through this already. But he raised Adolis Garcia of the Rangers, the current hottest hitter in baseball, 16 homers, uh, 282, tons of clutch hits, only OBPing 322. So Adolis Garcia is 28. He's like peak Miguel Andujar right now. He doesn't get on base if he's not ripping, but most of the time he is ripping. The guy can absolutely hit. The guy can absolutely field. He's approaching three war in like two months of action. Crazy hot streak. But if the Rays were a below 500 team that is three years away from contention and they've got Adolis Garcia in center field destroying the destroying the baseball even if he's a good baseball player for the next three or four years, he's not going to approach this peak again. You can get three top prospects for Garcia. It's probably two top 10 guys and a top 20 guy and a, a lottery ticket would be the trade right now. Wouldn't you? The Rays would pull the trigger. So shouldn't the Rangers? It would be depressing 
it would make the fans in Texas upset who have almost nothing to cling to, especially because Joey Gallo is also probably on the way out. But if you're the Rangers, do you really envision Adolis Garcia? He's not matching these heights again. Do you envision him as the centerpiece of a contending team in the next four years? I, I don't. Um, but also, if you're the Yankees and you're looking at the entirety of Major League Baseball and you need to fill your center field void in a fantasy draft style, isn't Garcia going number one overall? Who would you rather have? So it's worth talking about, right? Yeah, it is. I don't look. Go, the problem with Garcia is that you can't properly evaluate his trade price. I know I, I'm probably more I, I'm inclined to to think what you're thinking in terms of what the return package is. But also you look at the Rangers and Gar Garcia does not become arbitration el eligible until 2024. So that means he's still got He's got he's under control this year, next year and the year after before he even hits the arbitration process. And the Rangers are clearly rebuilding. So I know he's older at 28, but like they could theoretically have him in his early 30s when I guess the team turns it around. They got Kiner Falefa, who should be here for a little while. They just traded for Dane Dunning in that Lance Lynn deal. Um, uh, who else is on this team? Nick Solak is a promising player. Who doesn't <laughs> what is hit this team doing? Yeah, I, but they, they have some guys. So it's like, yeah, I guess like if you don't think you can get these, if you don't think like this, like mini core of dudes is going to be part of the next great team, you do it. Um, you're probably right. Garcia's stock might not be higher at this point than it, than it is right now. It's, it's six. He leads the league with 16 home runs tied with Vladdy. I think he's the best player in baseball. Like yeah. obviously, like when we're saying his peak will never be higher. We're not saying Adolis Garcia is bad. We're saying right now he's the yeah. best goddamn player in baseball. Well, like this is what like theoretically, this is what the Yankees should have done with like, Mike Talkman was not playing at this level, but this is what the Yankees should have done with like Mike Talkman after the 2019 season. Yes. Ship him off, get something nice. Maybe this is what the Rangers are thinking. I don't know. 929 OPS, even more impressive. Um, he's got a 1.1 D war and he has 10 defensive runs saved in the outfield center field. He's got nine defensive runs saved in 265 innings. So, or 258 innings. So that is something to certainly think about. I know that the, you want to talk about OBP concerns. Great. Everybody on the Yankees already OBPs. Don't, don't worry about it, dude. You got DJ. You're also Lee. all hitting 140. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. So you want to trade out somebody who's an OBP guy. So Higashioka batting 194, but OBP 300. You got uh, uh, Clint Frazier batting 178, OBP 192. So the, the OBPs are there. Glaber Torres batting 268, OBP 347. Judge o batting 302, OBP 402. DJ batting 257, OBP 347. So um the, the the numbers are there for the OBPs. We don't have to worry about that. We need somebody who's aggressive, who's going to make contact, because what else is this Yankee team doing a shitload, guys? They're striking out. You look at all these. I, I mean, I love Brett Gardner, but the last few games, I don't know. He's just looking at strikes like right, he's he's turned into what Clint Frazier was doing a couple of weeks ago. Clint Frazier is starting to lift the bat off his shoulder a little bit, but like we still need to see more aggression from these guys who know how to play major league baseball and know how to hit Garcia has struck out 50 times in 42 games, but he's also putting the ball in play a ton. He's batting 282. He's OPSing 929. And that could be what the Yankees are looking for. The only concern here is 
are we going to give up a prospect call for some guy who has 66 games of major league experience? And you don't really know how good he is. You like what you're looking at now. He just stomped the Astros into the dirt over the three game, uh, three game sweep last weekend. He walked them off twice. One, one was a homer. One was a rip of an infield single. Um, but we talk time and time again about the Yankees kind of adding more, uh, you know, pedigree and recognition and experience to this roster. And, um, Joey Gallo was like a borderline guy for that. Yes, he's versatile. Hasn't really been battle tested. The Rangers are not great. Uh, Adolis Garcia, pretty cool trade target. But like, is this going to be your center fielder of, you know, the next few years? He's played 66 games and is turning 29 next year. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're thinking. Would I do this trade for her prohibitive cost? No, I'd probably try to. Uh, I try to talk the Rangers down a little bit and just make them realize that nobody else is going to be giving up a gigantic haul for a guy who has not even played a third of a season yet. Um, but I, it's certainly intriguing to think about because the Yankees, uh, it, it's going to be tough this year on the market because a lot of guys are going to be available. A lot of them are going to be in demand, and we already know that there's a Yankees tax, so um, you don't need to fool, fool us twice. I'm not sure what they're thinking. I do like this. I do like this idea, but I just don't know how it would pan out. Me neither. You're getting at least one major dude. Like even if yeah. the cost is down, you're getting like Schmidt or Luis Heel or Peraza who like does Brian Cashman have any intention of trading those guys? Kind of feels like no. Um, at least that upper echelon like Medina is finding it too in single A right now. Are you going to try to trade a guy who's had control problems in the past at his peak? Like, is that what they do? They go, look at what Luis Medina's doing. Like, he's figured it out, just like Garcia's figured it out. Do you want to swap, like, peaks for peaks? And then both guys look a little bit worse in their new uniforms, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, the Yankees have plenty of infield options. Maybe Josh Smith goes there and becomes Nick Solak again, who the Yankees also had. One of the worst Yankees trades of the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, Nick Solak, good baseball, good baseball player who you would love to have on this roster and Taylor Widener, who's in the Diamondbacks rotation, looking great for Brandon Drury, for Brandon Drury, for the right to mess around with Brandon Drury, who got to the Yankees and goes, oh, but, uh, sorry, the Diamondbacks probably should have told you. I can't see. I have eye problems and I'm, I can't see. I, I hope that doesn't come into play. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's a, that's you can overcome that as a baseball player if you have no vision. Like, I don't understand to this day how that wasn't just straight up reversed, but it wasn't. And so the Yankees traded an infielder and a pitcher who could really help for like a month and a half of Brandon Drury, who then went to Toronto for Jay Happ. Just a wonderful sequence of events. Um, but you do wonder if the Yankees and Rangers sort of go, our guy's peaking, your guy's peaking. What do you think about this? Because they need center field help. And if you're drafting an all-star team, you're going to put Adolis Garcia in center field. That's yeah, what you're doing right now. Um, I'll rant about this just before we go. One final Do it. thing without Luke Voigt, you know, it's not a, it's not two weeks. It's not a month. It's probably closer to two months. Can the Yankees survive a Luke Voigt injury? Sure. But when he was injured for the first month of the season, all we did was talk about how much they missed Luke Voigt. Now they're going to have to do it again. So he, he hasn't been himself yet this year, but don't fool yourself into thinking it's nothing again. And you can replace his production with Mike Ford and Rugnet Odor because Odor is a nice spice. He's not a starter. Mike Ford is not a major league player at this point. You cannot replace Luke Voigt's production with those guys. The Yankees are being unfair, unfair to Chris Gittens, uh, straight up unfair to Chris Gittens. 
This is not a three-week thing where you need to fill in. This is now two months. And they have a 27-year-old first baseman to AAA who's hitting 340 with power, puts up exit velocities the likes of which Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge put up. He is a legit major league bat. He is different than Mike Ford. He deserves a chance. The Eagles have two months, and they no longer even have a roster crunch. They have an available 40-man spot right now. They have Ryan Lamar, who they could DFA at any moment and get another one. They have Corey Kluber, who they could put on the 60-day IL whenever they need another one. This is no longer confusing. It's not hard to fit the puzzle piece together. It's actually incredibly easy, and it's not fair to a guy who could be a solution. He's doing nothing but tri- nothing but proving he could be a solution at AAA right now. The Yankees now have a two-month void to fill, not three weeks for Jay Bruce to sit on the egg at first base and hope it hatches. They actually need someone who can hit now, not just a dad or a caretaker. It's ridiculous they're not giving him a chance because there's no longer any math included. It's no longer he takes Brooks Krisky's roster spot. It's just we move somebody to the 60-day and put him on, or we get rid of an outfielder we don't need who's already hurt and put him on, or we just put him in an empty space. Yeah, it'd be nice to have some continuity too because what's the other option if we don't have a first baseman who's going to be starting full-time? Uh, I, do I think Gittens would start full-time? I have no idea. I would like to see it uh, if he can continue his uh, his mashing from AAA at the MLB level or at least, you know, brings a semblance of that to the MLB level. That'd be great if we can have him as a somewhat everyday first baseman because at this point, you're looking at either Mike Ford starting there. I like Mike Ford. Uh, I just don't think he's an everyday player. I think he's a nice compliment to have on the bench if you need a lefty bat. Uh, he provides some pop. At this point, not really moving the needle for us. Um, Do you want Miguel Andujar uh, logging uh, part-time reps at first? Uh, Probably not. He's infamously not great on defense, and he's already he's trying to get his bearings down in left field. So why are we going to shift him over to another corner infield spot that he has hardly any experience playing one career game at 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 uh, first base? Then you got DJ. Do you want to keep make DJ the the quasi full time first baseman and leave Rugnet Odor at second? For the next two months. No, Rugnet Odor, once again, probably not an everyday player. Great complimentary piece. Great, uh, great option to have coming off the bench to put in the lineup every other day or every two days to have a lefty bat, to have another guy at second uh, who can actually hold down the position. He turns great double plays. He brings great energy, but not an everyday player at this point. He's, his batting average is just not good enough. He's not consistent enough. The other argument, I guess maybe you look at Tyler Wade, do you want to give Tyler Wade more reps at, at second and short? So then you can fully shuffle, you know, give give Glaber a day off or move DJ to first or give DJ a day off. I don't know, but that seems like it's a lot of messing around with a lineup that you don't really want to be messing around with too much because you already have uh, uh, a lack of dudes at this point due to injury and whatnot. So I don't see the problem. It's not like Gittens is like they don't want to start a service time clock. The guy's 28 years old and he and he just he just had his first full season at double A. What in 2019 missed all of 2020. He's starting off this year. Great. Just give him the shot. It's another power bat in the lineup that fits in perfectly. The Yankees have shown no philosophical overtures in terms of making this more of a contact heavy lineup or a situational hitting lineup. They're not doing that. So just add another power monster and Chris Gittins, see what he could do. And that's the end of the story. I see no issue with it. Yes. Start his service clock. Guess fucking what? If you don't call him up this year, he's going to Korea. He's (laughs) going to make $10 million a year to hit monster shots in Korea. So do you know? Do whatever you're gonna do, but it's so obvious he could help this team. And, and this is no longer just a two week absence. And like, oh, are we really gonna mess with the forty man just so that Luke Voigt can you know rehab his knee surgery? Well, now it's gonna be the end of July. 
So what do you want to do? You want to have no first baseman for two months or you want to try something? That's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be happy to answer them. Uh, And if you're Chris Gittins, check in. Let us know how you're doing. He just became a dad like a week ago. Um, I think that's cool. He's probably going to be even better now with all that dad strength. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes over Memorial Day weekend. Everyone, first of all, enjoy it. That's first and foremost. Please relax. Have a good time. But in your free time, if you're sitting there hanging out on the beach, you need something to read. Yanksoyard.com. Plenty of articles over there for you to take a peek at. Uh, get involved in the, in the discourse, the discussion. We're talking about trades all the time. We're talking about roster moves all the time. We want your input also. Talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We are live all day, but most importantly, during the games, Pizza Friday. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you again on Monday, but if you're not available, tune in on Tuesday. Listen to that pod, baby. Have a good weekend. Enjoy your weekend. It's going to rain. See ya. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.